Thank you for tuning into episode 34 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And today, this episode is brought to you by Bloom for Women. I am grateful for the overwhelming amount of positive response for people who are going to bloomforwomen.com. Bloom offers online programs, expert help, and uh, an an entirely empathetic community to help women heal, strengthen, and grow past the trauma of infidelity and betrayal. And uh, that's all kinds of betrayal, whether the betrayal trauma comes from a spouse who maybe has struggled with a pornography or a sex addiction, or from the emotional betrayal of an affair. Please visit bloomforwomen.com. And uh, they offer a free seven-day look at their their courses. But if you use uh, negotiated a deal with Bloom, if you use a coupon code virtual couch, all one word, um, you get a free month's access to all of their evidence-based programs and that community that is designed to help heal and recover from betrayal trauma. Again, um, please blizzit, visit blizzit, blizzit Bloom, visit bloomforwomen.com and use coupon code virtual couch. Um, episode also brought to you by the fine folks at Eli's Extracts, all natural organic shaving cream. And uh, no, I am not the guy on the label. I get that question quite a bit, although he does have a wonderfully round bald head um, and his gigantic handlebar mustache is quite fetching, but that, that is not me. If you go to Eli's, E-L-I-S-Extracts, E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S dot com, uh, there you can use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, for 25% off your entire order. And I've never done anything like this before, but uh, I've been fortunate enough to get a few recordings in the can, as they say, of some future episodes. And I'm going to insert a clip here. This is just a sneak preview of an episode that I recorded with uh, a colleague of mine named Caitlin Markham. And this is on uh, the podcast is about a very serious subject about eating disorders. And Caitlin is an expert in that area. And, uh, and, and I've sampled the podcast out to a couple of people who, and just some very good feedback about the, the episode itself. I'm going to get this one out next week. But the, one of the funniest clips I've ever heard um, was toward the end of this uh, podcast. It really has nothing to do with the content, but I, I can't stop listening to this thing. I've isolated it. So I want to just go ahead and insert that now and just a little sneak preview of this episode that is coming up with my colleague, Caitlin Markham. So uh, here's that sneak preview. Caitlin, before we end, tell us about that cat scratch on your hand. Oh, I it's my fault, <laughs> she said in her toxic relationship. Uh, I got a cat when I was nine, and I was obsessed with Mariah Carey at the time, so I named her Mariah Kitty. Oh. And she is a diva. And I don't know what I was thinking. Like, of course she's going to be a diva. And so she scratched me the other day. And people keep on asking me if I have a cat. And I'm like, yeah, why? And I think I have cat hair. And they're like, no, no like, that the, gash on your hand. giant gash on your hand. Yeah. yeah. Mariah Kitty. Mariah Kitty. That's impressive. I think that that is probably the way we end this podcast. I mean. Any other way? No. Okay. I hope that did not disappoint. I cannot get Mariah Kitty and the fact that she was a diva out of my head. I, I hear that thing. Whenever I'm feeling down, I just play that clip from Caitlin. Um, but that's going to be a great episode that's coming up in another week. 
So my guest today is Jody Moore. She is also known as the Bold New Mom. And for those who aren't familiar with Jody, she is a pretty big deal in the coaching world. Um, I, if you go to boldnewmom.com, you can learn a whole lot about Jody. She's been doing this for several years, and we get into this in the podcast. Um, but I grabbed this off of, this was a description from her Bold New Mom podcast. Uh, she says that she is helping women understand that being emotionally strong, confident, and happy is the best thing that you can do for yourself and your family. She says that there is no parenting advice here. It's all about you, mom. We believe when you are your strongest self, you'll know and find exactly what you need to be to be the best mom and woman you can be. Um, but I, I've been really impressed with her podcast. The content has been fantastic. And uh, I shared this with her on the podcast, but I wanted to let you know what the, the reason I brought her or, or sought her out um, was as I started to, as my podcast started to grow, um, I realized that there were a lot of people that maybe weren't familiar with podcasts that I had a connection with, but there were also a lot of people that I think were listening to podcasts. So then uh, they were they were happy or excited to see that I I was venturing into the world of podcasting. So I started to hear more than one of my friends had said, uh, "Hey, have you heard of the Bold New Mom podcast?" And I kept hearing about this. And uh, to be completely vulnerable in a story, I work with a in a building with a, a really neat guy that uh, you know will time our bathroom visits. I don't think on purpose, but so I I, I bump into him in the bathroom one day, and and so there we are in the men's bathroom at work, and he's asking me if I know about the Bold New Mom. So I think that's kind of somewhere that maybe she's uh, she's not accustomed to being talked about. Um, but I told him that, yeah, you know, I think I might try and have her on the podcast. And in my mind, I'm completely thinking, yeah, you know, I might uh, I might do this uh, bold new mom a favor, get her on the virtual couch. So I look her up, and uh, that's when I saw that at that point she had 1,338, I think, five-star ratings on iTunes, as well as over 700 reviews. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of nowhere near either one of those numbers. So yeah, I wasn't going to be doing her any favors. If anything, I kind of felt like I would be lucky if she responded to my emails. And uh, it was even kind of hard to find the, a good way to contact her. Um, but I did find it. And, and I totally understand why. Um, and I think we go into this a little bit in the interview too. But she's uh, the response has been so positive to the message that she's preaching and the the, the, the products that she's offering that uh, she's kind of been inundated with just the one-on-one -on -one individual emails, and I can understand that. So we traded a couple of messages. She said that she listened to a couple of my podcasts, and then we connected and recorded a video and audio version of this podcast. So there will be links to the video through my Facebook page, Tony Overbay, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. And then I'll also get the word out through other social media outlets. I'm still trying to spread the word through Twitter. Um, I think my Twitter thingy, Twitter handle, Twitter something, is at Tony Overbay. And, uh, and then I've also been posting on LinkedIn, some of those kind of things too. Um, and if you, if you happen to drop by the Apple podcast, um, app or the iTunes, uh, um, if you're using iTunes, please take a moment and rate and review and please spread the word. So without any further ado, let me get right to the interview with Jody, AKA the bold new mom. you up and you you run a very tight uh, fortress i could not find direct contact information right? oh really yeah yeah i mean not how i changed that <laughs> no no it's not no i think i can understand because i wonder if you did just have a, a big glaring um email address on your front page how many emails yeah. would you get a day i used to have that and i used to get a lot and now yeah. i try to direct everyone to that ask jody call which is perfect but, i mean yeah. i get that so so you know i think when i found you and i did the horrible i stalked you in a very perfect. lovely friendly way right <laughs> 
And so then I found your Facebook information and it said that you were in Roseville, which is, you know, that's where I'm at right now. So I was like, holy cow, like Jody, come on in and we can do the podcast. And, but you're no longer in Roseville. I'm not there. I was there just a couple of years ago though. Yeah. And then, and then we moved to Rockland and now we're in Washington state. So I just haven't updated my Facebook profile, I guess. Yeah, that's okay. You're a busy person, which is a good thing. Um, yeah. How long, how long were you in this area? We were in that area for about five years. Okay. And we loved it there. We were in Southern Cal before that. And then Washington's where I grew up. So my husband got a job offer up here and I have lots of family here. So it was kind of a dream come true for us to move up here. So we love California. We miss it, but especially right now where it's 30 degrees outside here. Oh yeah. If I turned the webcam around, you'd be a little jealous right now. Uh, Yes, I would. (laughs) I did bring a jacket in today though, just in case. Nice. Just in case a jacket, right? Like a little sweatshirt. Lightweight. Yeah. Jacket. (laughs) Hey, anything you miss in particular about this area of Northern California? Um, I miss all the good restaurants. That's Um, where I was going. Yeah. What, what, what what were your go-to? Cause I mean, my, well, a huge part I, of my audience when I say good, yeah, you'll, this is, this will teach you a lot about my family and I, we miss Chick-fil-A. Uh, <laughs> we miss like, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean the chain restaurants, but they were like, we had our favorite places and we all had a dessert. We loved at CPK. So that was like our go-to yeah. night out. Um, and Spokane has actually a lot of local restaurants, which are probably amazing. We just haven't gotten out and figured out which ones we like. So, sure. Uh, very quick question. And, and the people, of course, we miss the people. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Chick Fil A, are you a, a nugget or a chicken sandwich? Oh, um, this is what you have to get at Chick Fil A: the grilled nuggets, okay. with the Chick Fil A sauce, yes, and then right. the the kale salad, which doesn't sound good, is no. delicious there. All right, you lost me on the kale salad, but the. <laughs> The Chick-fil-A sauce, I'm in. We can continue yeah. at least with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's okay. We're, now, let me ask you too, were you starting to, were you doing the, the coaching while you were here? in Rosa? Yeah, I did. Um, I started it actually while I was there. So I've been coaching for almost four years now. And wow. so okay. I want to get into, I want to get into well, how that started. Okay. Uh, but can I tell a very quick, vulnerable, um, embarrassing anecdote about? Please do. Okay. Yes. So the way that I found out about you was I, as my podcast is kind of, um, as I've kind of got more episodes out there, uh, I have had several people tell me, Hey, have you heard of bold new mom? And so then I was like, Oh, I'll have to check this out. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I can, maybe I can have her on help her out a little bit. And I go to your <laughs> iTunes, it's like 8,000, you know, five-star reviews and, and everybody <laughs> just loving in the, in your coaching practices. You're so busy that, you know, Maybe not necessarily taking on the one-on-one clients. And then I was like, wow, maybe she'll have, uh, maybe she'll take the time to field my, my email. So, Oh my gosh. That's so nice of you. I seriously am so honored that you'd have me on. Cause I do get a lot of like, um, well, you're just a fake therapist. Ah. People tell me, and I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a therapist, um, right. but you know, I'm counseling people. Right. So I get where that comes from, but I, so it says a lot about you that you're, um, you know, willing to even check out what I do. Not all no, therapists feel that way is just what I'll say. <laughs> no, I, I and I, you know, what's funny is I, I can understand because there is a, a lot of therapists get on their high horse about, yeah. you know, when someone tells them that they're, they've worked with a life coach and a therapist gets their dander up, but you know, I kind of have right. an opinion where, uh, as long as we're all helping. And I've listened yeah. to your podcast episodes and, and I mean, you give amazing advice. You really do. Oh, thank I'm not you. Just saying that Cause you're here. And I think we were talking a little before, but I've actually started sending some folks your way and, and I've had some good feedback. So I appreciate the work that you're doing. 
so uh, awesome. Thank you. So tell me though, where I didn't realize. So four years ago, how did this all start? Maybe can you do a little bit of a, um, sure. Who is Jody? Where does she come oh, from? Gosh. We already know her um, Chick-fil-A menu. So <laughs> other than Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So I, um, I worked in a corporate setting for a long time. I worked for the same company about 14 years. And at the end of my time there, I was doing leadership coaching. Okay. Um, I was a corporate trainer and a leadership coach. And so I was introduced to some coaching tools because my director there was a certified life coach. So she taught me the model, basic model I use now. And anyway, I just got a little taste of coaching in that corporate setting. And I loved it. I was like, this is, I mean, it was different than any other kind of corporate training I had ever offered. How so? Because um, I, I, you know, I did 10 years in software before I became a therapist. Oh, and I remember yeah. doing the, you know, you're always going to these training, some cheesy, some not, whatever. So right, right. What, what do you remember from that? What were some things? Well, that so I remember before I started coaching and before I, I met this woman, Chris Plackey, who still does amazing leadership coaching, um, you know, the way that you would help a manager, let's say, who is struggling would be to say, okay, so your employee's not performing. So what have you done? Did you write them up? Did you get them more training? Right. And it was just yeah. really direct, basic, like, this is what you need to do, basically. Okay. And then I watched Chris Plackey one time coach a manager who had an employee that wasn't performing well, and she didn't talk about the employee at all. She Uh, talked about the manager, about what was going on in his mind. Okay. And ultimately, she showed him that his belief when this employee doesn't do what he told her to do is that she doesn't respect him. Okay. And then when you have an employee that you think doesn't respect you, then how does that impact your action? And ultimately, for him, he, he avoids her. Sure. Okay. Which yeah. doesn't help her get any better at her job. Yeah. And, and I could see this manager and like his mind was kind of blown, like what? <laughs> and so I, I was like, that is so much more powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Than just like do this, do that. Some of that's necessary. But anyway, so it was, it w- was not what people were expecting in a corporate environment at all. It wasn't what they thought you were coming in to help them with, but right. it was so much more effective and helps people not just in their job, but in their lives. Sure. So I just totally fell in love with it. Did you get resistance from some of the old guard? I mean, as far as this isn't productive, we need to tell people, here's what you do. Not really. No, because the results speak for themselves. So when the, the performance starts going up, they were like, great, keep doing what you're doing. I, I, we didn't get a lot of resistance. People really mostly were open to it. Um, Okay. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, any, and I hate to put you on the spot, but any, any kind of, uh, nice fun stories from corporate training days of things that didn't go right or went south. Oh my gosh. So, so many, where do I begin? Um, I loved corporate training, actually, even putting on the events, like we would do kind of day long events where we pull people out of their cubicles and (laughs) into a room. And, um, I was lucky to get to have a team of trainers at about six or seven trainers that worked underneath me that were all amazing. And so, um, we would send out surveys at the end of the day to ask for feedback on yeah. how the day went. And the number one thing, the number one complaint I should say was always whatever we serve for lunch. Oh, wow. <laughs> so okay. if we served pizza, they're like, why can't we have a nicer lunch? If we catered lunch, they're like, why can't we have pizza? Okay. I mean, it was like, we don't like thin crust pizza. We want thick crust pizza. So that was kind of our running joke was like, we can never nail lunch. You can get everything. But, but if that's our biggest complaint, I think we're doing pretty well. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It was, it was fun. Now, I wonder if that speaks to the deep psychological need for people to want to complain, right? There's something. Right. That, there know, has to be yeah. something. <laughs> has to be something. It can't be all perfect, right? Um, so, so, all right. So you do the corporate training and that, that, that goes well. At what point did you start to look at, I can help individuals? 
Um, well, the company that I worked for laid off 80% of us. Wow. It was a huge company and they just made huge changes. And so um, at that point, I was pregnant with my third child. My husband was making good money at the time. So we kind of stopped and assessed and it was like, I don't need to work, quote unquote. Yeah. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm just going to be home for a little while. And shortly after that, Brooke Castillo, who owns the Life Coach School, okay. who at that time point lived in Folsom, oh, right wow. near you there, right near yeah. Roseville, where I was at the time, decided to offer for the first time an in-person coach training. She'd been training coaches virtually for a while, but she was like, I want to train people in person. And I was like, I live right by her. Yeah. Um, I have to go to this. And I told my husband, I was like, I have no idea if I'm going to do anything with this ever. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really an entrepreneur by nature, but I really feel called to go to this class that she's teaching. And it was pretty expensive. And my husband is great and was like, all right, if you feel like you need to do it, we'll make yeah. it happen. And so I went through and by the time I got through that class and just learned all the tools in so much more depth and um, learned a little bit about how to market a business, a coaching practice. And I just came out of there like okay, now I'm going to do this. But again, it was never like, I'm going to have this big podcast. I'm going to have all these clients. I was just like, I'm just going to help some people. I think I know how to find some people to help. Okay. I just really took one step at a time. Um, and with a lot of hard work, I don't mean yeah. like, it was so easy. I just fell into this. It was right, definitely right. hard work. Sure. Um, but, but really, I just kept telling myself, all I have to do is keep marching forward. Just keep marching forward. I don't know how I'm going to get to... I don't even know what the end goal is. Just keep marching forward. Just keep marching forward. And um, with failure along the way too, like, that's fine. I failed. Now march forward. I love that. So I find, and I probably a cheesy phrase, but I love to, when a client is starting to, I say, pull out their crystal ball, right? So they're saying, well, you know, they probably, I probably can't even get in. And, uh, you know, there's traffic at that time of a day and that class is probably pretty expensive. And I, my husband would probably say that that's not a smart idea. So yeah, I really guess that's not going to work. Right. Right. And I mean, so, so you are basically, you threw the, the crystal ball away and it's just one step at a time. Totally. I was like, I don't know. You're right. I don't know how I'm going to overcome that. I don't know what I'm going to do about traffic. Um, yeah, but, let's but get I there. know what the next step is. That's all I need to know. Here's the next step. I'm going to take that one. Then I'm going to see. Okay. I mean, so this is so fascinating too. If you think about like, we want to know our brains like to know, right? We don't yeah. like uncertainty. Yeah. We want to be able to predict, even if we know it's going to be hard, if we just know what the hard will be and when it will resolve itself, yeah, that feels so much safer to us. But what I teach my clients is that you can't possibly know because um, the way doesn't unfold itself until you get a little closer. Yeah. Like you and I had no idea that Zoom existed, which is how yes. we're talking virtually right now. But yes. Two years ago, I didn't know it existed, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I couldn't have predicted, well, the way I'll talk to Tony will be through Zoom. Right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you just have to be willing to, all you need to know is the next step. Yeah. Can I tell you that? Um, and I want this, this is not about me, but, um, you know, I got to this point where I said, okay, I'm going to go back and get my master's in counseling. Um, and I'll just get it because I had waited for years where I thought maybe I should. And then I finally just said, you know, I'll get it and maybe I'll never do anything with it, but I need to at least start. Right. And then right. once I got there and then you get into a practicum and you see clients and then, you know, you and I are now talking through zoom. So, right. And you're just like, Oh, okay. That's how. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I love, I love what you're saying though, where then, you know, people will maybe say you've got a successful coaching practice and yeah, it's kind of pretty easy for you. Right. And, and it's like, no, I took all these steps and risks and changes and yeah. Yes, for sure. So when you got the certification, what's the next step? I mean, do you kind of just, uh, you know, open a, you know, got a shingle and it's like, 
coaching? Um, I started with a blog. Okay. I started writing a blog. I wasn't trying to be a blogger. I was just trying to get content out there to teach people kind of what I know and to find people that might be interested in, in getting some coaching. Okay. So I wrote a blog for the first couple of years. Um, I just told myself, this is again, what I had learned about building a business was that you need to be really consistent with your content. Yeah. So I published a blog post every week without fail even though I didn't always want to write it and they weren't all great, but I was just very consistent about publishing them and sharing them on Facebook. And, um, and so, you know, I started to get some people saying, I really like what I'm reading in your blog. Um, I did some free coaching in the beginning. I just created basically a six week program. I was like, okay, I want to help women. My passion is, is helping moms who are stay at home moms who are overwhelmed and unfulfilled, but yeah. they don't necessarily want to go to work. But they just want to be happy again. So I was like, these are the six sessions I would teach this is how I would coach them. I created that program and then I reached out and I coached some people for free through it so I could just test it out and practice my coaching. Yeah. And from there, I was like, this is so good. Can now I you, start so, charging for it. Right. So, and I, lo- I think a lot of people assume that, you know, they aren't, uh, I don't want to say I'm, I'm throwing judgmental statements out, but okay. it, it lets, that people go to this place where, well, I got to start making money, you know, or this isn't worth it. Or I've been doing this for two months and I'm not making any money. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, you know, I've been speaking at things for 20 years, youth conferences yeah. and churches and enrichment nights and whatever. Right. And, 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 but eventually it all kind of what comes together. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I like to think of money as like, you're putting value out into the world and you're going to get value back in mm. some way at some point, but it's not always going to be this linear. Like I worked this many hours and now I get paid or to your point, I, I'll go speak at a church event anytime. I'm not yeah. going to get paid for that. Right. Yeah. But I know that's value I'm putting into the world and it comes back to me in ways I never would have expected. I didn't, honestly, I didn't start making money in my business until I made a little, the first year I made no money. I basically okay. broke even or spent yeah. money. Yeah. The second year I made a little bit of money. It was like, a jobby. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like a job hobby. <laughs> I mean, I was serious about it. It wasn't that yeah. in my mind, but like financially, you'd have been like, that's cute. Made a little money, right? Yeah. It wasn't until my third year that I really took off. And my husband and I were like, my husband's like, whoa, you just passed up my income. Whoa, you just doubled my income. Wow. Whoa, I think I should quit my job and work in your business. <laughs> right. So, but that, so that happened in my third year. But I honestly think those first two years, I put so much value out into the world. My goal was like to help people and serve people. And I was strategic. Don't get me wrong. I was, I had like a map of like what I was building along the way, Uh but I was all for like, even now, like when I, when I go to sell something, right. I offer content to people for free. And the way I think about it is, okay, if I'm going to do that, let's say it's going to be a webinar. I'm going to teach something. I'm going to sell a program at the end. I think about that webinar, like that person who's going to come to this webinar and is not going to buy anything from me. This is the one chance I have to try to help them with this topic. What's Mm. the best thing I could teach them in this 45 minutes. Okay. And I create the, I create the webinar that way. And then at the end, I tell them why I think that if they're able to, and they want to, this program will help them so much. And it costs money, but I'm putting so much value in that. I honestly feel like it's just all catching up now in ways that I never had planned on. Yeah. Do you, well, so do you remember, um, do you remember those first few, the, the clients you worked with? Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. What was that? What was that like? I, do you remember your first one? Oh my remember? gosh. I was like my first paying client. I remember thinking, 
this person should not be giving me money. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I really like, it's so hard. You want to be confident. Yeah. You don't have anything to pull your confidence from anything from your past. But what I did is I put my confidence in the tools. I right. knew that I had really amazing tools that I'd been taught. Mm-hmm. And so I told myself these tools alone I, I paid way more than this for these tools, right? Yeah. So these t- tools alone are valuable. And then this was really key. And I still have to do this. I had to remind myself, oh, this isn't about me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, let me just show up and quiet all that drama in my own head about what are they going to think of me? And am I good enough? And let me just be present for them. Let yeah. me bring my tools. Let me engage with them. Tell my own brain to just be quiet. And that's really... And I apologize if you've already covered this topic. I did a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago on imposter syndrome. I mean, are, are you are you pretty familiar with that? No. Oh, okay. I, I highly recommend listening to that one because that was one of these where I've got a lot of feedback where people said, wow, I didn't realize that's... I've got a, somebody who is... I've been trying to get to come on and they were like, Hey, I just listened to your episode on imposter syndrome. And that's why I'm not coming on because the, <laughs> so the imposter, right? Yeah. So imposter, <laughs> and I have it all the time still where imposter syndrome is, you know, I, I feel passionate about this and I feel, yeah, it isn't about me. I want to share guests like you and I want to share the tools I've learned from a decade on the couch and I want to help. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then in my, you know, every now and again, I worry that somebody's going to knock on the door here and they're going to say, Hey, we realize like all the stuff you're saying is actually kind of dumb and uh, you're, oh, right. you're really not kind of uh, helping many people. So oh, you right. close the laptop of your computer and, and you're done. <laughs> That's right. enough. Can you yeah, stop exactly. now? Yeah. Do you ever have that? <laughs> I mean, do you ever have that thought or those feelings? Oh, um, you know, I, again, like I, because my confidence is in the tools. Yeah. I just feel like I know for sure those tools are so powerful. And so even me and all my shortcomings, um, you know, I do get um, people that make comments like that. Like obviously no one can come in and shut my laptop, but I get people posting or commenting or emailing me about their opinions that Mm -hmm. I I don't know what I'm talking about or that I'm doing harm. I'm harming people in this Uh, way. I get all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, it's not that it doesn't affect me. Like it doesn't feel good. I, I mostly try not to read them, but, um, but overall I do my own work. Yeah. On what do I believe? Right. And I yeah. know that everybody like, it's okay. I'm not for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone have to like me. I just need to like me and all of that. I do yeah. my, I really do my own work to, um, not live in fear of that. If I don't, here's what happens when I don't, because I've been, I've caught myself at times, like thinking about that one negative comment that came yeah. in or yeah. the handful about a certain topic, you know? And what I want to start doing is in my next podcast episode, I find myself starting to talk to those people. Absolutely. Yeah. I know what you're saying, right? Right. And yeah. I, like, I a little bit want to convince them or not want to defend myself. And then I realize, hold on, you know, my podcast is getting like over a hundred thousand downloads a month, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And maybe a hundred of them don't like what I have to say. Why am I talking to them? Why don't I talk to the other 99,000 that yeah. are getting a lot out of it? That's who I want to be talking to. So I have to, I have to do that work on my brain. Yeah, no, that's uh, pretty good uh, at it. 
I think the kids call them haters these days, right? Haters, right? right? Yeah. But, but that's, you know, if you, yeah, we're human. And so, but um, we we can, but I, so I do a lot of work with trying to do mindfulness techniques, right? We got these Mm -hmm. core beliefs or values. And if the thought doesn't kind of jive with those, like it's Mm -hmm. just one of the many thoughts that go through our head and let's move that one on through, right? Yes. Still can be hard though. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that though. The tools you're actually helping me in this moment. Uh, So um, there's, have you ever done much looking into the concept of ego in general? I'm kind of curious. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people in my industry like to speak about the ego. Okay. Um, so, you know, I use different words sometimes to describe it, but just that idea that there's, you know, maybe the natural man or the primitive brain or the sure. part of us that, you know, lives in fear and thinks everything is about us. And yeah. yeah. Totally. I love so I heard, uh, and I, I think kind of what you make me think of with this is, um, I heard a, I was at a training and they talked about that ego will have a pretty negative connotation often because we think of ego with regard to power and absolute power and power and corruption and pride and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, this person was saying, you know, uh, if the ego is based in wanting change and good and help, you know, it was like, Hey, uh, mother Teresa had an ego and, and Jesus had an ego and Buddha had an ego and Confucius had right. an ego. All these things where it's like, but it was to the ego is not bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I think that's the part where sometimes my negative self-talk will say, you know, you know, yeah. You, wh- who do you think you are? That kind of thing. Oh, right. Well, yeah. there's that kind of ego, like egotistical, whatever, yeah. thinking that you're better than everyone else, kind of more pride, that, which I think is pe- how people think of that word. Yeah. I think of it more like that part of you that's ultimate job is to keep you alive. Yeah. Yeah. And we need that, right? Like yes. there's danger here. Let's watch out for that. Let's, let's be careful. So yeah, it's not a, definitely not a negative thing. It just needs to be in check. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so what are, do you have some, um, well, so kind of going back through that, the, the, your progression. So you start doing some free coaching. Now you start getting some paying clients, the blog starting to pick up. Uh, mm-hmm. what came next? Did you start doing more and, speaking? Did you do the podcast? What happened? Yeah, I, that is basically, so I started to get more and more one-on-one clients. My business was growing. I was kind of figuring out the marketing and things. And then I decided to start a podcast. Um, I had fallen in love with podcasts myself at that point, and I can talk all day long. Talking is a lot easier for me than writing. Yeah. So, you know, there's some technology to figure out and all of that, but I just decided I'm going to stop blogging. I'm going to start a podcast as my content instead. Okay. So I started the podcast and, um, you know, I had my, the people that had been following my blog, I think started listening. So I had a few listeners in the beginning, but I, again, consistency was so key. Like I, I became pregnant at that point with my fourth child yeah. and, um, and I had, I have published a podcast every week, including the week I had a baby. You so, did? <laughs> I always tell people it's totally doable. Oh. Um, was it before or after the, the birth? <laughs> It was after. It was okay. after. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I always tell myself, well, I could batch record them, right? I could record yeah. a whole month at one day. But of course, I never do that because I'm yeah. not very good at that. So I did. I was like, here, the baby's taking a nap. I'm going to sit down and talk to people for 20 minutes and publish it. Like it's... I love that. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, how hard is that though than when somebody is telling you, man, I, you don't get it. My life's hard or whatever. And you want to say, are you kidding me? I recorded a podcast, you know, two days after I had a baby. I mean, you know, right. is that difficult at times? I mean, you know, I know that your, your tools and skill set are such that that's, I know that's not your style, but how right. hard is that on the inside? Um, 
<clears throat> when I'm doing my job, I really neutral. I really keep myself out of it. Okay. So what I'm trying to do always as a coach is show people their own brains. Okay. So when they say to me, well, it's just so hard. I just don't have time. I have so much going on, you know? Mm. And in my mind, I know that's just a story they're telling themselves, but, but what my job is to show them that it is just a story. It's not a fact. They think it's a fact. Right. right? They're yeah. like, let me show you all the things I have to do. And um, so it, I, I really, it doesn't bother me in that sense. I just, I'm showing them that when you believe that story, here's what result you create in your life. And then I may bring in like, I have a few things on my plate, but this yeah. is the way I think about it. And people do say to me all the time, oh, you're just so busy. You must be so busy. They try mm-hmm. to sell you that story. Yeah. They think it's kind and they're trying to be empathetic, which I totally appreciate, but I don't ever buy it. I say, no, I'm just so lucky. Oh, I love that. Such a full life. Like busy. I'm so busy is not a useful story ever. And it's always okay. just a story. I love it. So if you want, you know, that maybe this will kind of help people who are, you know, they, I want to obviously send people your way that uh, are going to listen to this podcast. Cause I love that message. How do you do that? How do you show someone that story? How do you lay that out? So I have a coaching model. I put it into where we take a look at, okay, your thought is I'm so busy. Mm. And then how does that make you feel? Cause mm. our thoughts are creating our feelings. Yeah. And it makes us, makes me feel overwhelmed usually, right? That thought. And then your feelings are the fuel for your action. So mm. when you feel overwhelmed, what do you do or not do? And it's so fascinating how the brain works. When we're overwhelmed, what we want to do is shut down. Yeah, right. Like I'm just, I think I should just go watch Netflix for a while. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe we start taking a little bit of action, but it's really painful. We're kind of in resistance as we do it because the brain doesn't like to be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so we actually get less done when we believe that we're so busy. So yeah. I show them that. And okay, the result of that is you, your to-do list grows and you don't get to the things you want, which reinforces the original thought, I'm so busy. Mm. So I show them that and I help them really see that that's what you're creating for yourself. And then we'll move to what do you want to believe instead? Okay. So again, it, maybe we'll start with what do you want your action to look like or how do you want to feel or what result do you want? But ultimately it has to come down to what story is still has to be a believable story. I'm not really big on positive affirmations and just trying to convince yourself. Like I have plenty of time because yeah. if you don't believe that your brain will just reject it and start looking for reasons to disprove it. But you find a thought like for me, I'm just so lucky. I have such a full life. Mm. Um, but you have to find a thought that is more empowering. That's going to drive the action that you want. So it's that process that we go through in coaching. Okay. Do you, do you have, and I'm curious, do you have some kind of thoughts or stories or examples that you, that come to mind of some pretty dramatic change that you've seen? Yeah, I would say, um, like where I love seeing progress. I've, I've seen some people make some great progress in their marriages in terms of, um, the way they're thinking about their spouse. One client in particular, I'll share. She, um, her, she's a member of the LDS church, mm-hmm. as a lot of my clients are. And her husband had left the church, decided he no longer believed it, and so she was struggling with what does our marriage look like now, and just finding peace. And as I coached her through that whole process of what does she want to believe about her life, about her husband, about herself, about all of it, and, and it's a process, right? But ultimately, she recently sent me an email saying. Um, just she's at so much peace um, to the extent she talked about going to visit. um, I think it was a relative who brought up this 
the, you know, this situation where her husband no longer is active in the church. And she said, normally I kind of avoid it and I, I want to be quiet. I don't want to talk about it. I'm kind of, it's uncomfortable. And she's like, I didn't feel that at all. I was like, yeah, that's what he's chosen. And she's like, I just felt all this peace that I could be genuine and authentic and not have all this resentment. Wow. Like, really amazing work she did there. Yeah. So instead of her then shutting down and feeling trapped and stuck and all these other things. Feeling like she has to defend or explain something. She just like, when you get to peace, it's like Byron Katie says, like, you don't have to love me. That's my job. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, And when you get to that place of like, it's okay for people to misunderstand me. It's okay for people to have judgments. We all do at times. I just need to be there for me. I need to love me and my life and my situation. And then I can handle all the rest of it. I love it. I think I'm, I'm hearing now that, that theme, because if we go back to you having confidence in your tools and the work yes. you're doing, and it goes back to um, when we hear these negative thoughts or opinions of others, why do we let it affect us so much, right? Yeah, I love helping. That's the other one that comes to my mind is just some women that, that I've seen their confidence go up so much. Okay. Because um, I remember as a new mom, you know, I had this realization one day that people that are confident do well. I mean, they like, not only are they successful or whatever that means, but they also handle challenges better Mm. and confidence is so useful and not to mention fun. Yeah. And I remember asking around like, now, what if my kids are lacking in confidence? How do we teach confidence? How do we build confidence? Obviously it comes from like life experiences and right. And accomplishing something builds your confidence. But I'm like, what if I have kids that I want to help be more confident? And everybody I asked um, was like, I don't know. I'm not really sure how yeah. you give people confidence. Maybe you're just born with it, kind of. Maybe some people have it and some people don't. And so I remember thinking, no, there has to be a way. And anyway, the coaching tools have really shown me how to help people build confidence. And especially as adults, right? Where your brain isn't as neuroplastic, you're kind of, mm-hmm. your personality is a little more set. Um, they feel like I'm just not a confident person. Yeah. So to be able to help people build confidence helps them anything they do in life. And that I just love seeing that transformation. I love how we, when you even said that, listen to that's the story they're telling themselves, right? How long have they been telling themselves that? Yeah. Right. Hey, you mentioned the word fun. And I want to kind of go with the, uh, this is an interview. I mean, I love everything you share, but for yeah. people that are going to come here and learn more about you, um, right. cause I know it's probably not Let's talk about me. Exactly. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> so hobbies, what do you like to do? Oh my gosh. Hobbies. Um, I, Used to be an avid runner. I've run a couple of marathons, okay. but now not as much. Um, but I do still enjoy uh, being active. And hey, what what um, marathons did you run? I ran the St. George Marathon, okay. and then I ran the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. Beautiful. Uh, You're like a triathloner, aren't you? Okay, so actually, I'm not that strong a swimmer, but yeah, no, I've run uh, I've run a couple hundred marathons and ultra marathons. So I've done uh-huh. the St. George one. Um, I I had to get to ten times so I could get the T-shirt that says uh, I'm in the ten year. Oh, ten times. But it was funny. So yeah, I mean that, but that's a beautiful, beautiful run, right? Oh yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah. um, uh, so you okay? A little bit of running. You like that? A little bit of of activity that way, and uh, the gym or whatnot. At this point, is my new running. Um, honestly, like I I used to sew since I started my business. I think my creative need is really met through all my marketing and everything. So I haven't done any of that in a while. Yeah. But you know, if it's if I have 
time and my choice, I'm like, let's just go to a movie. Yeah. I just like hanging out with a group of people. I love, I'm definitely an extrovert. I love to be around people, just engaging with a group of friends. Um, my family and I will ski a little okay. bit. Things like hey, that. Can, I, can I do Tony's ADD moment for just a second? Yeah, here? do it. Hold on. When you said so, I just thought this was the coolest thing. Uh, check this out. See this cube? Oh my gosh. Right? So I have a, yeah. just a wonderful um, younger girl client. And we were talking about things that, you know, kind of to bring up her, I, I call it the emotional baseline so mm-hmm. that she can be in this better position to kind of respond to the things around her. And yeah. uh, she mentioned sewing. And I just done a training where this guy was talking about when you're working with uh, young boys, in particular teenage boys, they have this part of their brain that just wants to fidget and kick and whatever. Oh. And so he was talking about, man, if you were just playing catch in your office, that would kind of satisfy. I think it's part of like the limbic brain. And then they would, in theory, open up. But Uh I kind of tried that and not all kids are coordinated. So we're like knocking stuff over. So the the ball's like everywhere. Exactly. So then she said, and ironically, she said, I love to sew cubes. So I thought, there it is, cube, right? So then uh, she made me this cube and been throwing this bad boy around and uh, it's working. So that is so cool. I love that. Hey, you mentioned movies. Um, I did a podcast on lying yesterday and, and I actually found some research on the, the top 10 movies that people lie about that they've seen. So I thought that oh, was really, yeah. So I um, to listen to that podcast. Okay. The number one was, uh, was the Godfather. So I don't know if you've ever uh, said I have that. not you- seen the whole thing. I've seen pieces of it. I yeah. won't lie. No, okay. It's good. good. <laughs> uh, but what, what kind of movie, what do you like? Are you a rom-com? Are you a comedy? Are you a thriller? What do you like? Oh, I think that I love my favorite is like a chick flick comedy, <laughs> like pick pitch perfect, but they don't make them very often. And they're often a little bit crass for my taste, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm like, can we get more of those and clean them up just a little? I, I do love comedy. I just think like laughing and let's just have fun. I mean, even in my business, that's how I try to think about it. When my brain's like, this is so scary. How are you going to do that? I'm like, stop. Yeah. Like, this is just going to be fun. Okay. I'm going to uh, make this fun. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I mean, I love any, really anything where I'm sitting in a dark theater, especially if there's no little kids and I have a diet Coke, I'm happy. Okay. I was going to ask, are you a popcorn or no popcorn? <sighs> I used to eat popcorn, but I've really kind of cleaned up my diet lately. So... Okay, I feel judged because well, of my diet. There's no judgment crazy. whatsoever. <laughs> I was a popcorn girl for many years. Oh, I just, I love it. I do. No, and I, yeah. I love that, the kind of the movie. What, what, uh, what's your favorite date night with your husband? Um, I would say like, honestly, dinner with a small group of friends. Okay. I just love to connect with other adults. You know, it's so rare when you have little kids that you get to do that without kids interrupting every minute. So just to go out with a small group um, and just hang out and visit is like my ideal. Okay. And my husband, of course. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, tell me about, so um, I pulled some stuff off of your, your website. And one of those is this, uh, it's ask Jody anything. Tell me, tell yeah. me how that started and, and what's that about? Yeah. Well, that's anybody listening who wants to come is welcome to go there. Um, so I, the podcast has just grown so tremendously and I'm so thrilled with how people are responding to it, but I get inundated with questions about, I love what you taught on there. I have this situation. What would you advise? And I used to try to answer those and I realized eventually I just couldn't do it. So I have that call. I do it about once a month. It's free, open to the public and um, people come and they pop their question into the chat box. So it's anonymous okay. to anyone other than me. I can see their name if they typed in their name, but it's a, it's a kind of safe environment for them. 
um, I get through as many questions as I can and I just answer them right there live on the call. So it's, I feel like it's so good because, you know, 10 people have the same question. Yeah. So I can answer it once, but also to hear other people, sometimes like other people ask the questions that we don't even think to ask. Sure. So it's just a really fun way for me to give a little bit extra on top of the podcast um, that's doable for me. In my what's, schedule. The, what's the, I mean, do you have like a number one question you get asked? Or you, you get asked? Um, I would say um, it's a lot of, again, marriage type stuff, mm. marriage questions. But also because I do, you know, the word mom is in the title of my podcast. Mm. A lot of women are coming to me saying, can you give me advice on how to teach this to my child? Oh. And I never do that, actually. I always coach the mom. It's, it's like the manager saying, what do I do with this employee? Okay. And so rather than say, do this with your employer or, or try this with your child, I'll give them a little bit of some of that. But mostly I'm like, you know, they'll say, this is just so heartbreaking. My child um, is full of self-loathing and I'm trying to teach her what you teach about confidence, but she's just not getting it. How do I help my child? And I always begin with, um, well, what, let's talk about why it's so heartbreaking. It's fine for you to feel sad for your child. I'm not trying to take that away, but is, is it really serving you to be so emotionally upset? How are you going to show up for your child? So I always coach the, the mom. I love <laughs> it. Like, that's not what I meant. But. Yeah. Well, you had a, you had a podcast not long ago and I, yeah, man, I just did a podcast on that. And I really liked where you were talking about, you know, sometimes it's just about it's you feel uncomfortable with the situation that, yep. yeah, that was nice. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, do you ever get some questions that are just kind of ridiculous? Oh yeah. Yeah. Any come to see. mind? Usually, I just don't read them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't read them off because people can't see where they're coming in, and I never get to all of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, let me think. What are some ridiculous ones? I guess I feel bad because now somebody's going to say, "Wait a minute, I was going to ask that question." Apparently, that one's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I love them. Like I. Yeah. Honestly, like I'm really good at when I'm coaching, getting in the headspace of neutrality. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what people bring out me. I'm ready. I'm neutral. I'm looking for what's happening in your brain is sure. honestly what I'm looking for. So when I'm not coaching, I'm back to like my human self that has judgment and all that as much as I try not to. But in the coaching space, I'm generally looking for like, what are they, what's driving that problem for them? So like on a, on one of my coaching calls in my group program once, my sister helps me in my business a little. She's also a coach. Mm. And so she happened to be on the call and the woman presented with uh, my next door neighbor murdered his wife. Whoa. And that was the first thing she said. And I was just listening for, uh-huh, okay. <sighs> and she says, then there's these children now that are left without a mother that I've been watching. And the whole thing she wanted coaching on was, I feel like I should adopt these children, but I don't really want to. And I, I don't know how to make this decision. And so that's what I coached her on, right? Was what was yeah. going on with the children making this decision. Well, after the call, my sister was like, I love how um, you're so in that space that somebody tells you their next door neighbor murdered their wife and you don't even react. Right. You're okay. Like, hey, tell me what else. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, I really do just like turn on this part of my brain. That's like listening for what is her problem. It's not yeah. what she thinks it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, uh, so I have this 
cheesy phrase where I talk about, you know, um, I want people to, the more open and honest they can be, obviously the better work we can do. And people are still hesitant to kind of really open up. And I, I, I always say I have this little thing on my shoulder. That's the, Oh my gosh, oh meter. And I promise you, it doesn't even really move. Like this is good. I want right. all the information, but I have always wondered before I, I have this uh, thought of, you know, someday I'm going to get the, Hey, I'm a serial killer, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, cause we, we have confidentiality. Um, yeah. but, you know, but you know, it's like, if it's in the past, then what do I do with that? And if they're not telling right. me they're going to do it again. And so I haven't had that yet Seriously. though. So you've come closer to that than I have. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, it was her neighbor. If somebody said that to me, I would be like, you need to call Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a therapist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just sent all of those people to you. Yeah. And that part, my, oh my gosh, meter actually might go up a little bit. I'm not yeah, gonna- totally. Yeah. I mean, yes, of course I'm still human. I'm just like listening for certain things. Right. So, yeah. Hey, I have to, yeah. Oh, have you ever had, when you, have you been doing that call for a long time? I mean, do you ever have times where there aren't that flow of questions? Oh no, it's always, it's always packed. Um, I haven't, I have probably been doing it maybe six months, not too long. Okay. Can I, can I, that's my way to wedge a personal anecdote into your, uh, I just, when you're saying that I will go, you know, speak at a lot of the firesides, things like that. Mm -hmm. It will be, people will say, Hey, we're going to collect questions for you. And I was at a one once and I got all these three by five cards and honestly, the, there were a couple of statements. Uh, many of them were blank. You know, there was one about, Oh, your head's shiny. And so I had to, I was like, Oh, here's a good question. This person wants to know. And I was kind of making make them up. up. Yeah. I was going to say, you just make them up. But yes, when I first started doing webinars, I had that I would be prepared with some questions in case nobody asked them. Yeah. yeah it happened. That's how everybody's it just happens, I think. Right. Okay. Exactly. So. Um, okay. So this this call, their next one is Thursday, March twenty second. Right. Yep. Right. Okay. Nine a.m. Pacific. Um, and then what? What else? What other services do you offer? I mean, we were talking a little bit off the air of uh, the one on one. Is is that you know? I don't do one on one coaching anymore because um, I got to a point where I had so much demand that I was going to have to just start charging a lot more and mm. or working all night and. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to do either. And so I find that the group coaching is actually, um, honestly, in many cases, even more powerful for people because um, hearing other people, um, hearing their situation, you're not in the midst of it. So you're not as emotionally attached to it, right? Yeah. So you can still get the learning of the tool and see the real life application. Um, but sometimes it's easier to apply when it right into your situation when you learn it through somebody else's experience. So sure. I, I think the group coaching is just such a win for me and for my clients. It's less money for them to pay me. It's, uh, allows me to serve more people. Mm. So anyway, everything I do right now is, um, in groups, but I, I should say within, so I have basically an online program similar to the way you pay a monthly service at the gym. Okay. My clients pay me a monthly fee to come where I teach a class. We do live coaching calls. They have access to me online. Um, they have access to a bunch of classes and tools I've created. So they, they pay that monthly fee to come in there and be in those calls and continue to learn and continue to get help. And so they come and stay as little or as long as they want to, basically. Okay. Um, which has been phenomenal for people. And then, so within that program, we do offer some more individualized or really small group help to members who are in there who say, 
I just really am going through this crisis right now. I really need a little more one-on-one. So I have coaches that work with me in there that will do some of that. Okay. Uh, but everything otherwise is through that program. And then I do some in-person events too. I'm doing a live four-day retreat oh, wow. uh, in March. That will Where's be that? It, that'll be here in Spokane, Washington. Okay. So there's just a few seats left in that right now, but that's there are a few and that's going to be... I love working with... If I could work with people in person every day, I would, but mm-hmm. obviously I can't get to everyone that way. So I love doing the live events where I just kind of teach everything at once and we do really in-depth coaching and I try to give them all of my tools and make it a really um, inclusive experience. So was, is that where your training back in the corporate world, does that help when you're organizing a big event like that? I, that that, sure. that brings me some anxiety to think about that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. I Yes. I... I am a good teacher. I mean, I, I got my master's degree in adult education and training, and I okay. have a lot of experience doing that. And I just, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm good at it. So yeah, I, I, and when I first started working with moms, which I'm starting to work with a lot of other people now as well. But when I first started working with moms, I was like, you know, we put on these great corporate retreats and people leave on fire. They're motivated. Yeah. They feel supported. They have new tools. You know who needs that? stay-at-home moms. Yeah, <laughs> and you know sure. who doesn't get that? Stay-at-home mm-hmm. moms. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do that for the moms. Yeah. So I, I only do it once a year or so, but I try to create like an amazing, inspiring experience. And, and I think, uh, and I think where, yeah. And I, cause I love the speaking part. I think what I was even thinking about is I can't imagine the organization. I mean, is that one of your strong suits of how we plan out all? Well, I keep, no, I'm not okay. good at that at all, but okay. I keep it simple. I do. I keep it simple. We don't do elaborate decor or meals. Even it's like, you're going to come and then you're going to go to lunch wherever you want. So I keep it really simple. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I don't love that organization either. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. No, that, that, uh, yeah, it makes me feel better. Right. And yeah, then yeah. We, we've already hit on the lunch thing. So that sounds like that. Was then I don't have to take complaints about lunch. They just go wherever they want. Yeah. No, that's perfect. <laughs> so a couple of seats there and people could just go to your website, right? Bold. Yeah. They go to my website. You'll see it's called be bold boot camp. There's a link right on the top to learn about that. I do have some men coming this time and nice. I'm excited. It's going to be a great event. Um, the ask Jody call, they can just go to my website, click on work with me, or you can even go to boldnewmom.com forward slash ask Jody. And I think it takes you right there to sign up for it. Okay. I'll have notes and all that stuff. I'll put that with okay, my great. as well. Um, so when you talk about men, it does make me think, do you have expansions? Is there going to be a bold new dad? Is there going to, are you heading, are you hoping to do this until you're a bold new grandma? I mean, what's the, <laughs> right? what's the long term? Yeah, I really, I want to take the word mom out of everything because, um, because we are expanding, but also even as a mom myself, like I, I love being a mom. I love my children, but I don't always identify with that title. I, I, you know, it's like you go to the pediatrician and they say, okay, mom, you're ready. And I want to be like, but I have a name anyway. Yeah. Um, so I want to get that word out of there, um, for a lot of reasons. I'm still going to keep focusing like I have, but we are starting to expand a little bit. I don't know what it will look like ultimately, Mm -hmm. but I do have visions of like, I think I would love, I work with a lot of members of the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. I would love to see, um, a pre-marriage class for engaged couples. I feel like every other church has that. I don't know why ours doesn't. Huge need for that. There really Uh, is. Yeah. I think there's a great opportunity to work with some of our youth. Mm -hmm. I think there's opportunity to help the men in some way with whatever they're wanting. Um, I think also to 
help return missionaries yeah. um, or before you go out on a mission. All of these tools I think are so useful in all those scenarios. So I, we don't have those programs at this point, but that is my long-term vision is to create programs for all of that. So that's wonderful. That is a lot to do. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> uh, and uh, and your whole attitude is uh, what a, what a blessing to have this opportunity, right? For sure. I am like pinch myself every day that I get to do this. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Um, hey, I've taken 50 minutes of your time. I really appreciate you taking the time, Jody. I really oh, do. Yeah. This was a blast. It really was. Oh, I'm so happy to do it. And I would love to have you come on my podcast oh, too. I've been trying not to beg for that, but I would love to. I would love to have you come on. So I want to go listen to a couple more of yours just so that I can be picky about, oh, I love this topic. Okay. So you have a topic you're passionate about too, but you know, yeah, I'll reach out to you and with Dude, a couple of yeah. time. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. I would love to anytime. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to hit uh, stop on the recording, but if you can hang on one second, but uh, sure, yeah. Uh, Jody, thank you so much for taking the time and being here on the virtual couch. Thank you for having me. All right. Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end The pressures of the daily grind is wonderful Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter most It's and heart.